Hey folks, this is Scott with Leading Edge Archery, podcast number we don't know, um, and we've been out of kind of out of pocket the last what, Bridger, three weeks, two or three weeks, yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, I will say, it's a Monday. What is today? Seriously, it's Sunday. It's sad that we don't know what day it is. It's half time. I don't know what time it is. Yeah, it's not like we haven't had time to do this. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and what's so sad is we have all the time in the world to be working on mm-hmm. our game, working on archery stuff. But I don't know, man, with everything being shut down, there's there's nothing to look forward to. And it just sucks. Call of Duty servers aren't shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are shut down on yeah. Call of Duty, too. On COD 2 got shut down? Yeah, but I mean, that's, Old games. that's like 2009. So, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I just dated myself. Well, it's so bad, too, that Jason, you went out and bought an Xbox. Uh, yeah, actually, right? I ordered it online. And it came so you house. started, and you started playing. Yeah. Yep, I went from, yeah, Jason gets on with me and the boys, squad up. Yeah, I, I used to I used to just hang out on an Xbox 360, and then I figured it was about time to get with uh, with today's kids, and uh, got me an Xbox One, downloaded a bunch of games, been killing it with Bridger and playing more. So Kombat. I almost bought. I I, did, I almost bought. I was at Walmart, and they were like 179. They had one on sale. Yeah. I guess this is the latest one, the the P two or whatever. X XS. I don't know. Something. One seventy nine though. The PS two? Yeah, no, no. No, there's the Xbox something <laughs> version two or I don't know. Let me go pull out my Game Boys. <laughs> no, I didn't buy it on purpose. I was not gonna get hooked on that crap. Yeah, I'm telling you it's horrible, man. I, Bridger's turning into a Bridger's a vampire right now. He's, I, dude, I Bridger's can't, a vampire. I can't sleep at night. It's this stuff has messed up my sleep. The one thing it's messed up more than now I want to say more because there are more important things in my sleep. But there's like my sleep schedule is completely right. destroyed. No, oh, mine is. I'm up till two two thirty, and he's up till four four thirty five. Um, you know, it's just it's yeah, but there, it's crazy because we should be. I don't know. It's just weird. What about you, Jay Bird? What are you doing? Are you sleeping normal or? I I'm trying to force myself to. Uh... To sleep at least by like one thirty, two o'clock. Yeah, and I that's I mean, me. I was I was horrible the first two three weeks, waking up at like eleven. Now I'm I'm trying to force myself to be up by like eight thirty, nine o'clock at the latest. And no. dude, if I wake up at eleven, I feel good about the time that I woke up. <laughs> he you need vitamin D, bro. <laughs> he does. He needs to go out and sunbathe for a while. He's even getting his skin's getting. I've been trying like to convince you to go golfing, but you won't he's go. Looking, we should go. He's looking like a big bearded Harry Casper right now. Well, you know what sucks about golfing? We're off on Sundays and Mondays, and most of the courses in this area are closed on Mondays, which blows. Uh, not if you holler and get you on base, and we'll go. Can you right now? Base. Yeah, you can do that, or over at Fort Sam. I think they they might still be open. Um, so we'll see. Mm. But yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been crazy having a routine with with the days the way that they've been. Yeah, it's not good. I tell you what, 
come August, September time frame when the tournaments actually start happening again, if if they start happening, we're going to see who's been putting in the practice. Yeah, I know, right? Dude, I, I, I shot my bow. Actually, not mine. I set another bow up to play with yesterday and shot like 60 or 70 arrows. Yeah. Which I'm very surprised at myself. And so I, that's maybe that's why. Yeah, I, I seen um, him and thought, whoa. I almost took a picture. He walked into the range and was like, holy holy hell, what are you doing? <laughs> Pretty bad. That's by the favor. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying uh, to actually, do the same. The good thing that came out of it, though, our inventory is, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. I cleaned up the database and our software. The shop's, like, immaculate for the most part. Everything's accounted for. And I, I, we did all that. Yeah, we did all that in, like, the first two weeks, and now I should have drug it out and did, like, little mini projects, <clears throat> which would have been set up all the knocks by color and, and size and, and brand. Yeah. So the knocks. Yeah. Weigh yeah. all the field points. <laughs> you guys ever watch that movie? Uh, it's it's an old movie from like early 2000s called The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. And, he, and he's in jail and he's talking to the old man and he's like, I've counted every brick in my cell. And the old man looks at him and he's like, yeah, but have you named them all? <laughs> That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Exactly. Yeah. So... So what yeah. is so one of the things we were going to talk about today is that you know how this whole virus thing is going to impact archery, you know. So I think we can get into the you know a lot of this is going to be opinion driven. Um, some of it through maybe some rumors we hear through forums and talking with people, but uh, yeah, what's this going to look like on the other side? Because like right now until at least I would say probably through May, maybe part of May we may get back out shooting um but you know with the you know you hear all kinds of rumors and stories about you know the social distancing you know lasting throughout the rest of the year maybe up in the end of 2021 um you can't shoot archery uh, there's only one di- sport you can shoot archery related and be able to accomplish that too actually and that would be field in 3d that's it yeah you know i mean so i worry about usa archery especially because you're on a line with what 18, 20 inches in between you and the next competitor. Um, yeah, what's that going to look like? Um, I think Bridger and I were talking, Jason, you and I talked this morning about it. You're going to have two people to a bail potentially. Um, that's going to, and the only way to, to work around it is to have, um, you know, shoot times over the course of maybe seven days. Cause you're going to, you, you're going to lose two thirds of the field. Yeah, that you have to have multiple shooting lines throughout multiple days. Yeah. It, it'll be, and then, you know, the whole cost analysis is going to come into play. You know, U.S. Archery is going to look at it and go, okay, well, we're going to extend our actual tournament days by, hell, four days, you know, roughly. Um, does it make financial sense to do it then? I mean, it's going to be scary. I mean, it's going to be weird, you know. And what's indoor going to look like next season if we have to do this? You know, what's Vegas, the Vegas shoot, going to look like? Because I just don't, uh, you know, you can't possibly. And then <laughs> someone made a comment. It might have been you, Jason. You know, shooting with a a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> That's impossible. Good luck. You know, we have to find a new way to anchor. Maybe the nose button might come into play then. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? I'm starting to think that nose button came out, coronavirus came out. <laughs> no kidding. Hand in hand. I'm just going to make a mask where it still covers your face, but there's a little hole where the very tip of your nose sticks out, sticks out. but that's yeah. it not the not so the actual still, nostrils yeah just the very like fleshy tip of your nose we sticks out because then you can then you could put then you'd feel that nose button there yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah 
Yeah. You guys are good, though. You have a peep site. You just line up your peep, and you're good to go. Yeah, it's not that easy. If you can't feel your face, it would kind of stink. It's pretty. Scott, I put a, a peep and a scope on my bow, and I've been raising it. <laughs> I've been doing those. Uh, I've been doing those. Uh, world archery, beat the outbreak challenges. Yeah, and exactly. it's just been. It's the easiest thing. Although the first time, it kind of it took me a while because there was too many w- things working. Like, I got to line up the peep. I got to look at my scope. Now there's a bubble. bubble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's good. Yeah. Well, we know for a fact that World Ar- uh, USA Archery backed up the tournaments, the three big ones. Jason, you probably know the dates. I mean, not the dates so much, but the months and what who's shooting where. Yeah, there's uh, – so you got nationals is scheduled for the middle of August. And then mm. – Is Dublin, that still in Virginia? In Virginia, yeah. And then Dublin, okay. Ohio at the end of August. And then we start into Chula in September, Bridger. Chula in September and then – Arizona in October. Arizona and Gator in October. October and Gator in November. Gator November is that one a month? I thought there was two of them in October, for USA. I'll have to I'll have to look at that real quick. Yeah, that's going to be interesting though. I mean, Let me look at the stats. I can pull it up. The I weather. Up real quick too. The weather will look. It will be awesome at those events, for dang sure. But uh, oh, here we go. So SoCal right. and uh, Arizona are in October. Yep. So feel. Oh, where am I going here? Target Nationals is August twelfth and fifth. 12th through the 15th Buckeye Classic which that one hasn't changed dates that was always the last originally the last tournament of the year yep August 28th uh, 28th through the 30th and SoCal October 2nd through the 4th Arizona 23rd through the 25th October and then Gator the 6th through the 8th yeah What's so in all reality everything other than September because there's nothing in September uh, I mean it's really like every two weeks yeah. So once we hit October, that's gonna. I mean, so crazy question, but is that gonna put a strain on, you know, the financials for an archer trying to attend those events compressed into basically three months? It's gonna be because you know, I, I, you know, here's a million dollar question: Are is I'm gonna say, are some of the pros still well, getting paid for that? Like with them being close together, that in itself, I don't think matters for a lot of people because. The tournaments are over a three-month period anyways or two-month right. period anyways because um, generally we'll have like one or two tournaments in july and that's it yeah for the usa stuff so there's usually only one tournament in july so we're used to having kind of a month off gotcha. and then jamming everything into one month over here and one month over here right um but i don't know as far as like i mean because obviously everybody's affected by this financially yeah one way or another right um I mean, some people are lucky enough, like my parents, my mom can work from home and she hasn't had any change other than the fact she, you know, doesn't pay, doesn't drive 110 miles to work, to work every day. She's said to him from work every day. She's making the typical three weeks per gallon. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) She said, she texted me the other day and said she was pumped up because her car started and she hadn't started in three weeks. (laughs) I told, I told Courtney the other day we had to go outside and start all the vehicles because they've been shut for a while. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But like the time timeline of it, I don't think would affect anybody. Yeah, any differently. So now they would, and if there were, because there's some people, depending on you know their business being shut down or wherever they work being shut down, if they're forced to take uh, PTO, right? Yeah, because you time, know 
I know a lot of people that are in that essential workforce right now. They've canceled all the vacations. There's no time mm-hmm. off per se. Yeah. So you got this whole other problem now of, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it's going to be weird. There's some people that are being shut down or they're only allowed to work, you know, a minimum or a, a maximum amount of hours. Right. And everything else, you know, if it's an hourly wage, they're still hit. They're being forced to take PTO right. to hit their 40 hours. Right. So, yeah, that's so what some people are getting burned through on that. So yeah. that'll that'll affect some people, I imagine. But Well, I think it'll, you know, it could end up being a pro only tournament with some amateurs filters you know if you happen to live close to the venue i, I just you know i don't know is, you know the the questions are you know are, are people going to fly you know are they going to get in the tin cans and fly across this you know the nation to go shoot them are they going to have the time off they're going to have the financial wherewithal to do it you know are the companies going to let them off while they're trying to rebuild their business you know all these unknowns and then there's a whole other dynamic of let's say USA Archery's made that change already. What happens if ASA comes up and says, okay, we're going to move our classic back to November. We're going to start shooting mm-hmm. in August and run in August, September, October, November with a classic in December, which could happen. Yeah. You know, and it'll, it'll, what's weird, it'll crap all over the fall indoor season. Well, um, you say that, but not really because, I mean, the only thing indoor we have in the fall is going to be, there's like one or two. Internationals. Internationals, yeah. One or two World Cup outdoor or indoor World Cups and then the Midwest Open. Yeah. Is in December. So then actually what'll really happen. It. Yeah, indoor will actually start in January with the Midwest Open, the Iowa Pro Am. Yeah. Now what'll Lancaster. What'll suck is shooting the classic the second week of December and then only having two weeks to get your indoor crap yeah, going. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That'll be weird. But here's the here's the devil's advocate part though. That's just our country though. You know, for like you were talking about, Bridger, all the international events. What, what makes us so yeah. confident that the other countries are going to be ready for tournaments like that? Well, right. That's the other thing is like, who knows? You know, they talk about like covering up some of the indoor World Cup Series stuff, but yeah. who knows if we're going to be able to travel internationally by then? Yeah, exactly. And well, here's the other one. The other side of it. Normally, Stefan and. Schlosser and those guys come over here. Are they mm-hmm. going to be able to travel to the U.S.? Yeah, well, I mean, Stefan is, is stranded right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in Mexico. He's in Mexico, which is yeah. his kind of normal deal. Yeah. Um, Tanya's in. I imagine that'll open up and be fine. Tanya, she's in New York with Braden, I think. Yep. So, so uh, step back. Do you really think they'll open the Mexico border? Yeah. Right now, it's closed. Well, it's it's not. I think it's not closed. It's it's, it's, open. it's it's essential it's, travel. Well, you say that, but so like if Jason, you, you if, and you if, and I were talking this morning, and Mexico doesn't have any testing. They don't know how many cases they have. Right, but like so. No idea, but it's not anywhere near as. So I, uh, I mean, personally, I don't see. With that being said, I don't see Trump opening that border up anytime soon. That's already open for essential travel. Is so it? like if you oh, live yeah. in Tijuana and oh, okay. work in San Diego, like yeah. you can you can cross the border. Okay, yeah, I've got friends if that are going back and forth. Gotcha. So I think I, I think those that'll be one of the first like major things to open up, but travel wise. Yeah. But uh, and here's here's the other big one, and I'm gonna go ahead and just knock on wood now. Um, you know all the rumors that they're saying that this thing might be a a seasonal thing. Yeah. We just start getting back to normal, and then boom, here comes wave boom. number two. Yeah. Exactly. Don't even go there. Yeah, I know. I'm just gonna, dude. I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my roots. Back to the Mexican roots. Vicks, 7-Up, lemon, <laughs> and chicken soup. 
<laughs> you maybe know, some, you're, maybe you're, some sage. According right. to some people, you got to eat a lot of zinc and vitamin C. Zinc, vitamin C, and something else. I can't remember what third one was. Fish oil. Fish oils. That was it. Yeah. Or Sardine oil. One of those. Yeah. Sardine oil Lone on your boot. Yeah. Don't even, it, dude. Don't even talk about that. I'm already losing my mind as it is. Because we promised we weren't. Because we're not going to go political, and I don't want to talk about it. Because yeah. I just get angry. No, no, no. We're fine. So the good thing talk- is, you know, Texas is opening up a lot of the the big parks and stuff like that. So people are going to actually be able to go and do some fishing and get out of the yeah. house a little bit. But we still have this big problem in the archery community of what's going to happen, whether you know how we're going to shoot. You know, can we? Can we create six six foot distances between each other when we're competing? It's gonna be it's gonna be wicked. It's gonna be weird. I was just trying to look at it as a glass half full. I know. Well, so when you hear this crazy people talking like Fauci, but you know, we have to wear masks for the next year, year and a half. We got to social what, distance for the next year. We're gonna year go to the classic, and where's it at this year? Uh, 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 uh Coleman, Alabama. Coleman, there's gonna be thirty five hundred shooters there calling it right now. Done. I can write it down. Cash that check, Mike. Boom. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. If I was Mike, I've said, it, I've, I've said it since day one. I would run a four-day event. Or just maximize your... We're just hanging out at the Winchester right yeah. now, waiting for this to all blow there over. There you go. I got to go I gotta go see my mom and kill Phil. Sorry, Phil. Don't kill <laughs> Phil. Sorry, Phil. Uh, we didn't kill anybody, guys. So the, the cool... Except th- for Phil. The, the crazy thing is... Dead. Our, um, we're typically really busy right now with target archery stuff. And of course mm-hmm. that's all came to a standstill. Um, and I tell you, the customers have been calling us and talking to us have been all elk hunting. They're, yeah. they're all getting ready to go hunting actually earlier than I've ever seen it because of course a lot of them are home and nothing else to do. And they want to shoot their bows because they can't travel. They can't go fishing, which most of our customers are fishing this time of year mm-hmm. or shooting their target bows. Um, and mm-hmm. they can't even go out anywhere and their wife and they want to go shoot the bow because their wife and kids don't shoot so they can get out in the backyard Mm -hmm. by themselves or they'll send the kids out with their own bows and then they can stay in the house and leave the kids out there that was a (laughs) big miss by us if i had to go back in time i would have bought every kid bow i could have got my hands on oh yeah we are down to one we have one left one and we had a fair amount to begin with anyway yeah but we have i bet you for every adult bow we've sold at least one kid bow along with it it's been crazy so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be weird. Hey, and then you start get shooting those used bows. Well, you have this whole other dynamic on the hunting side. So there's been a lot of I've been reading, you know, tons of forums and a lot of chatter about the um, the hunting season. So you know, every Mountain West state, actually all the states, you know, jumped in and um, canceled all non-resident hunting for turkeys and spring bear this year. And so a lot of people are saying, hey, they set the precedent. You know, if this thing is, you know, we get a second wave here in May, June, and this goes into that August time frame, you know, there's a fear that they're going to cancel non-resident tags for elk or mule deer or anything. And just, you can only hunt in your own state. And if that happens, that is going to be an industry killer. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, you got states like New Mexico and Colorado that live on non-resident hunting. Well, so we had a statistic already shared with us from the state of Montana this year because Montana drew last week for their uh, non-resident tags, for actually for their draw tags, and there was a 40% reduction 
in applications this year. That is a scary number. Yeah. Um, so you, and what reason I say that is that last year they had like a 70% increase over the year prior. And then they're 40% down. So, you know, you look at that collective, that's 110% swing mm-hmm. um, to the negative for this year, you know, because you got to take into account when they were up so high. And um, that's scary. You know, a matter of fact, I think there's been a lot of talk about they don't know if they even sold enough tags to meet their quotas. They want to, you know, they're, they allot so many tags per year because they're hoping a number, number of, certain number of elk get killed to meet the quotas that they want to do to control the population, control the herd. Correct. And now they don't even know if they have that. I mean, a lot of talk about a supplemental draft, uh, draft supplemental uh, draw mm-hmm. for um, for elk season. Be, you know, be, I, I you know for the first time in I don't know how many years I didn't put in for it. I kind of thought, man, I don't know if I want to spend the eleven hundred bucks right now in March. Um, I don't know what this is going to look like coming out. Yeah, am I going to have time to go? Well, it's it's a lottery. You might be able to. You might not be able to. Yeah. Yeah, and if I would have spent the money and got the tag and then I can't go, that's eleven hundred dollars I just burned for nothing. Yeah. So I wasn't willing to take the risk and uh and yeah, it's and then you find, you know, forty percent reduction in tags, applications. You probably could have drew any unit that you ever wanted to hunt. Mm-hmm. Like this was the time for that dream hunt. Yeah, the dream hunt for ha- practically nothing. Yeah. You know, and I have to wait ten, fifteen years to get your tag. I heard there was a one in two chance to draw any tag, basically. No kidding. Yeah, that's crazy. So I'm kind of anxious to see what Colorado, because you know they changed a lot of their laws this year regarding the uh, the draws in the southern units, southern state units, and uh, I don't think that's going to go over the way they anticipated. Because if there was a 40% reduction in Montana, you're going to see a big reduction in Colorado, and you know it's kind of weird. I was talking to a friend of ours lives up there, and talking about you know when one of the things they struggle with is and i i personally know a group of guys that hunt an area that i hunt they spike camp out of the the same loop that we do and uh, they're all from new york you know not to be race not to profile geographical profiling but you know honestly that's pretty we think about it the state's gonna go hey do we want you know the new york guys here they're the most prone Mm -hmm. to carry the virus right now i hate to say it then you, but you can't go out and basically geographically stop a certain group of people. That would be way over the line. Oh, I mean, you kind of can. Well, if you're Bridger, from New yeah. York, they turn you around when you drive into Florida. But like, we yeah. could drive into Florida right yeah. now. Bridger made that comment. I was like, holy crap, he's right. If you're in Florida <laughs> and you get you, <laughs> you drive through a toll booth, they're they're gonna stop you until you turn st- around. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. good thing is, I'm gonna look at it on a positive side, and and I, I have faith that it's not gonna be. A, a new normal maybe just this year and then next year it'll get back to normal and then what's going to happen next year is that is that 40 percent decrease going to turn into an 80 percent increase oh yeah <laughs> that's going to be ridiculous right so i mean same thing i mean same thing in the target world there might not be a huge season this year but then come next year if everything kind of normalizes a little bit is it going to explode explode yeah so, you know, yeah, it's gonna with be... the Olympics happening next year and all that stuff. Right. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see. I don't I don't know. This this whole shifting of, of tournaments and qualifiers and World Cups and everything is just everybody's winging it, everybody's playing it by ear. Well, but you know, actually, if you think about it, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um you know, starting indoor the the first part of the year with Vegas being kind of like the Super Bowl of the shoot, which is in mid February. 
you know, there's going to be a lot of indoor tournaments compressed in January before Vegas. But, um, you know, and I know, Bridger, I think you had mentioned that, you know, there's talks about moving Vegas into March or back the other way, I think. They had talked about it because of the – because of the, Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say. Well, there, there's a reason why and a financial, big financial reason why. Yeah. Um, so we won't talk about why. But, yeah, there's a lot of talk about it. But let's say that, you know – and I look at it also – you know, are the companies going to roll out new 2021 bows this year with them being shut that, down for the last four weeks? That's the thing that I'm most curious about yeah. because there's all these companies that either A, they're sitting on a lot of material. Correct. Or B, they're sitting on a lot of stuff that just needs assembled. So, right. You know, risers, limbs, pockets, all their accessories and stuff. So, like, they're, they just have pile, you know, they may have a lot of the stock, but they can't go in and sell it because A, they can't have enough people in there assembling it or manufacturing it. Correct. B, I mean, I mean, being honest, both sales are down yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Um, just because people aren't wanting to spend their money. So, right. and not only that, I mean, we we've been selling some, but like to a few guys here and there that are, you know, just bored. Right. But that's because and a lot of that has to do with our clientele. But and, and a lot of that suffering the same way a lot of people are. But, but a lot of it's used. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing a lot of that. The one but thing that's very 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 coincidental as you look at that new psc supra what 1200 bucks mm-hmm. yeah stimulus check 1200 bucks it's funny you say that somebody had a post about that yeah 11 <laughs> yeah. they said 11.99 and i and trump just gave me 1200 what a great buy <laughs> but here's a problem i know for a fact because i called and talked to him they had one um sky blue riser 50 pounder left and i said send it to me I haven't seen it yet. That's all they had on the sale. Because yeah, they're, they can't assemble. All they could do is show, sell what, that, what they had finished product on the mm-hmm, shelf. Mm-hmm. I, so I was going to buy, well, I told them I wanted it. was the last super focus on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for one. Remember, we're supposed to set one up to try and go to Mexico with. Yeah, well, yeah. So yours, mine too. I don't have mine. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be weird so, to Bridger's point. And I know that we have not received our ATA order yet. So right now is when most of the manufacturers are shipping their ATA orders are coming in in March and April. So now they've been shut down for basically those two months or a month and a half. You know, when they come back to his, you know, to his point, you know, here's my fear and I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're not going to do it. But whether whether or not they bring it, they're kind of going to be stuck in a catch-22. So let's say they say we're not bringing out a 2021 bow. Um this year and they're going to back it up or something. If that happens, then, you know, we'll leave our orders in and bring in what we can to support whatever business we have. But with an unknown economy um, coming back, we don't know, we're probably going to be extremely skinny on that. And now that's going to hurt the forecasting for the manufacturers because they've, you know, they're counting on X amount of bow sales per year. So they may have too much product. But the other flip side of it, they say, hey, we're we're going to roll out a 2021 bow on time. Most of the retailers are going to probably cancel 50% of their orders. Let's yeah. say that we start getting them in July, August. It's going to give us three months to sell that equipment, and we've missed the other ones. I, I just don't know if, if it's going to work, if it can no, happen. It's, it's going to be really hard. I mean, even even myself over in the in the gun world, I've switched to where I don't order something unless somebody pays for it up front because I don't want to yeah. get stuck with the, uh, with the extra inventory. Right. So exactly. And that's going to be that's going to be a big deal moving forward. I mean, how how you manage that? Well, then heaven forbid. I don't know how many shops are going to be around. You know, a lot of them are 
are hurting right now. We're, you know, we're down probably 80%, you know, compared to what we typically are. We've, I don't have the doom and gloom. I don't, I think we're going to, we're going to get through it. I'm not worried about not making it, but, um, but you know, but again, I say that a lot of it's going to depend on what the manufacturers do, you know, nine, one term bows and paying for things and, and when we're going to be paying for them and how it's going to look. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a different animal. And I don't know, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like on the other side, but I will say if I was a manufacturer in charge, I would definitely be moving my 2020 release to like April, May of next year um, to get, because I think this is one thing I've thought as long as I've been in this industry that we needed to have releases the same year so we could be shooting those balls at bows that fall that needed to happen. Because right now, right now we're always in arrears unless you are a, you know, a staff pro or, that gets your bow for testing and stuff. And you're the only guy that's shooting that bow in that calendar year. You know, the rest of your customer base is not seen until the following year. So you're always one year in arrears. Well, at least on the hunting side. So on the, on the hunting side, yeah. The target side, they changed yep. the, the last, what, three to five years. A lot of companies have kind of rotated and are now releasing their target bows. August. Yeah, July, August, September timeframe so that they can manufacture some, have some on hand, be able to sell them shops and have them in everybody's hands come the start of indoor season, which for the most part is kind of like the beginning of the year for a lot of people, especially when you, when you look at, you know, tournaments like Lancaster and Vegas and Neem. Um, and even if you don't shoot indoor, the first 3d shoot of the year is in Foley in February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's still beginning of the year. Yeah. There's guys enough time with a bow to become, to comfortable. figure it out. Right. Yeah. So we've already seen that transition, uh, on the target side of the industry. Right. So and it, it needs it to happen on the hunting. On the hunting it, yeah. Abs- but you know, I think the biggest hurdle and I, Bridger and I talked about this is going to be the ATA. Yeah. You know, if that happens, the ATA, unless they move their date, which they need to, um, they will be an irrelevant show because, you know, they're always the first weekend after the new year and it's found out it's not a secret. They do it because it's the cheapest time frame mm-hmm. they can rent their convention center. They're going to have to buck up and move it along with, I think the whole industry needs to shift that, that rollout date, have it in the springtime. It's going to be a better, more comfortable show. It won't be snowing and, and having an ice out and be 16 below zero and move it to Texas. Remember, well, remember two years ago, you couldn't even get in. Uh, the show had, had half the attendance. Hell, half the people couldn't make it there. Mm-hmm. Um, they got snowed out. Um, there, there's multiple times. Yeah, I've Reno through snowstorms to to get to <laughs> to, to get, get to, to Louisville or uh, or Indianapolis, when, depending on where they're at. So yeah, the whole thing needs to be revamped. And I don't, you know, if I'm a manufacturer, I'm doing it. I'm making that move to me. And I think the guy, the manufacturer that, that steps out and does that, and I think PSE is close to that already. They're gonna they're gonna kill it, you know, because now you, let's be honest, as a bow shop, if I got a manufacturer to release that early, where am I putting my money? Mm-hmm. If I can make the sales to have that bow in that hunter's hands the same calendar year, mm-hmm. I'm putting my money in that manufacturer. I'm gonna go buy. Well, not only that, but like everybody, ev- not everybody, but. A fair amount of people come in, you know, a month or two or even less before hunting season to buy a new bow. Man, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine having fresh product in April? Yeah, exactly. And having people wanting to come in and buy it. Yep. This time of year, That'd when all huge. we're getting when, is a couple turkey hunters. Yeah, it'd be, it, it could reset the whole industry, mm-hmm. really. And then, you know, because 
as a, I can tell you now, folks, as a retailer, we I struggle with this because I'm trying to make dang sure that by that September time frame, August September, I am I want to go into September with no extra stock on the shelf. Right. Because the 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 avid archer that is looking for the latest and greatest, the guy that buys a new bow every year, he's he's waiting for October. He's not going to buy it. He's just going to wait. Yeah. And that affects our sales, you know, during that time frame and. Bridger, you're exactly right, man. To have it in April would be kind of amazing. The, I mean, you go from having your slowest traffic time, releasing it then, which will increase your traffic and increase your sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't know that you'd sell more, but you'd at least wouldn't have to sell ninety percent of your yearly sales in one month, and then do. <laughs> You know, that, you know, it's funny you say that. The other 11. I think you would sell more because I, I don't think you're going to lose anything during the honey season. It's going to be busy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to lose anything at Christmas time. It's going to be busy no matter what. You're going to sell bows. Um, where I see it probably getting hit the most, where we're selling a lot of bows in that January, February, March, because those that's when inventory starts coming in off that October release. Mm-hmm. That might turn into the slow time, but all it's going to do is shift back into target archery. Mm-hmm. So that might be considered a slow time for a shop that is doing hunting only. Um, but let's be honest, would you rather be slow the first quarter of the year or the second and third, which is the way it is now? I want to be slow first quarter. Yeah. Most all industries are resetting budgets that time. You know, it allowed to your, you know, you made a good, a good point. You, could you imagine in April having the new bow release, having inventory the same time that you start getting, you know, tax checks, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, a lot of guys come in now with their refunds. Yeah, with their to, refunds to buy them. To buy yeah. bows, so. Yeah, be, to be, God, it would be the best thing for the industry, but. Who am I? That's what I would do. Yeah. The one, the one thing it would affect is your, your, uh, like content production. So like, you know, with Matthews, they have their their proving ground stuff, and then they send both to their guys to have them shoot deer right. and everything, so that, you know, on November fourth when they release whatever bow, they can save like, yeah, this bow's awesome. Look, Lee Lakowski shot a three hundred eighty inch bull and a right. two hundred ten inch deer whitetail and a two hundred fifteen inch mule deer with him. Yeah. Look how good this bow is already. So I mean, you'd there would be something different with that right, for sure. Right. As far as like how their new bows are marketed. Right. But well, you'd have to go to a state that's got pigs potentially, or like Texas, got access. Mm-hmm. Or you know, the other big part of that, you know, what's come ramping up at that early part of the year is you know, Africa could be coming to will come into play potentially for content. Well, the thing that sucks about that is ninety percent of your hunters, hunters are going the, to Africa. Ninety percent of your hunters in the U.S. are whitetail hunters. Yeah, that's true. So why yeah. go to Africa when you can go to Texas? <laughs> Bingo. Good point. Else. We got it all. Yeah. Yeah, those are all good points. It'll be it'll be different. That's for darn sure. But uh, um, God, it would be so much better for the industry if they did it, made that change. You know, I've always yeah. said it. I don't. I guess I'm more just curious to see what everything ends up happening. Yeah. With this, like how it's going to change it, and whether it'll be. I don't necessarily think it'll be good or bad. It just, you know, if, if they do change release dates, but I mean, out of the gate, it'll be bad just cause shit mm-hmm. stuff's changing right away. But yeah. And we don't know where, you know, you just don't, don't know, know where it's go. going. Yeah. Right you just don't know where it's going. You have no unearthly idea. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. It's going to be, it'll be weird. And, different. I mean, there's going to be new normals that we'll all get used to. Remember nine 11 when that happened, we had to get, get used to new normals in the airports. Yep. Yep, much as that I hated it. Yeah. I remember I was I was now. working I was a corporate America director for a big aerospace company and <laughs> that would do this. I would uh mark it down, Jason. 
um, I would go and I threatened to go through an underwear. I got tired, tired of the pat downs, tired of taking my shoes off. I'm just going through butt naked. I'm just going to put my boxers on and walk through there. Full body. <laughs> Dude, it, it was horrible. I mean, I was traveling basically every single week during that time frame. I mean, you look suspicious. So yeah, I... and I'm of a, on a serious note, I'm Asian descent. I, I'm dark hair, dark complexion, and I don't know. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you caught a whole bunch of crap going through TSA back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. I got all the looks, all the stares. You know, they were they were definitely racially profiling back then. So it's like that, they probably thought you were pro- some famous martial artist. <laughs> right. So, I wish. No, no. I mean, at the end What's of the right? day, like I was saying, it's going to be a new normal, but we'll get used to it, and we'll we shall yeah. prevail. This is true. I hope so. But, so one of the things I found interesting is. Um, The social, you know, so we didn't, we've been kind of lax on doing our podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, I had talked about doing some YouTube videos on instructing and training and stuff. And, you know, I kind of took a a step back in doing that because everyone and their grandmother is putting out a video or a how-to or a practice or, you know, Greg Pohl is doing, you know, Facebook lives with every archer on the planet, at least three or four days, two, three or four days in a row per week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just information. Actually, it's information overload to the point that I've turned all of it off. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even look at it anymore. I just go right back past it. Um, so I didn't know if we wanted to waste the time to, you know, just talk, I guess, talk through training and what we're doing to shoot better and stuff like that. And maybe I'm remiss and we should have, I don't know. Uh, I struggled with that one. Um, it's kind of like when I go on like Target Archery Unlimited, the one that's on uh, Facebook. Yeah. And um, you know, you got these guys asking questions, and there are a hundred freaking responses. I don't even, honestly, I don't even follow Target Archery Unlimited anymore because it's just it's an overload. You've got a ton of armchair. Oh, it's infra- It is overload. Okay. It is now the new online archery talk. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Facebook archery talk. It's You're, an overload. Would you agree and with everybody's that? Everybody's an expert. There's just so much information, and it, I don't know. I, for me, I'm the same way. I just show it off yeah. because I – well, but – and I don't follow archery a lot on social media anyways. Yeah. I mean, I follow people because right. I like them, but not like the not archery the community yeah. as a whole or forums and stuff I, because I'm just so ingrained or I'm so, like, involved, involved in that in my everyday life. Right. So I just don't want to be in my – digital life yeah, exactly when i'm not when i when you want when to I, when I shut my brain off and just be a vegetable for a yeah. couple hours like i don't want to continue to see it yeah so, it's funny but, you say that because my news feed is just literally nothing but archery same to my, the point I, that i was going to change it i don't know how i, I, don't know I how did to that. Do that i did it a couple of years ago i went through and deleted like on my instagram i went through and deleted all every single shooter said for like a couple like close friends uh, all the companies, all the manufacturers, like everybody. Yeah. And so, like, my newsfeed is all hunting, uh, golf, UFC, and a bunch of meme pages. Yeah. Like looking up. So goofy, I noticed that pictures. the the Facebook and Instagram and all of them they definitely do. Uh, what do you want to call it? Watch profiling because I started watching because uh, I wrestled in college and I started watching a lot of NCAA because right now the tournaments will be going on for the champ- NCAA championships. And um, I immediately noticed it in my video feeds now 
I get. Oh, it pops. It yeah. pops oh, dude, your phone. It's in here listening to us. <laughs> See, I don't believe that. You guys all. Oh, hundred percent of this, no, dude. You no, start no. talking about That's shoes. Baloney. We could sit here and have a convert. You sit here and have a conversation. Twenty minute conversation about shoes. First ad on your Facebook is going to be a shoe. You really, Jason? What do you think on that? Uh, I just got an ad from New Balance. <laughs> dude, if you, it's. If you leave an app open and have your location services on, yeah, and your microphone and like word like you log into an app for the first time and it says, "Oh, uh, uh, whatever such and such app, we'd like to use your location, mm-hmm. access yep. your photos yep. and yep. videos, yep. Yep. and your microphone." If you hit yes, like, and you leave the app open, personally, I've, I've heard I, that. I mean, I get it. Like, people don't want to be. Tracked by the government and stuff, but, but we're being tracked. Let's be honest; none of us are that important. No, about to the government. Nope. So, if anything, I like it because it uh, makes it easier. I'm it like, makes yeah. life easier. When I'm like, damn, what's that one thing I saw on that thing that one time, and then boom, pops up. <laughs> Perfect. It's a beautiful thing. But Bridger, twenty twenty now is a cool place to live in. If I mean, you, not right now, but like if you technologically, open up a TikTok, we might not be friends. I will not do a TikTok because okay. I don't flirt with 14-year-old girls. This is that, I've heard that that is. It's all like children. Teenagers. Yeah. Well, it depends on your settings. but I If you ask it. the most popular TikTok user what Vine is and they say, I don't know, then you're too old to be on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, do you have TikTok? No. No. I, I refuse TikTok as much as I refuse the Tiger King. Yeah. Do you have a still watch Tiger King nope. yet? Really holding strong. Wow. Yeah. The shot is uh, starting to wear off on most people, but I'm still all in. Well, Bridger said the My, day that they created a supplemental. They did episode. last weekend. They released one. Yeah. Wow. I haven't watched it. I think it's for like his court hearings and stuff. Uh, gotcha. I'm still all in on it. My guns on Call of Duty have their tiger strip in it. Dude, he's ate up. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to. Oh, I, I guarantee you, when he decides, you guys can't see it, but he's got a full man beard. When he get decides to shave it off, I'm gonna call bets that he's gonna have handlebars. Oh, I'm gonna shave it off the morning of October 31st. <laughs> morning of October 31st, the sucker's coming off, and she's gonna be a beautiful. Fumanchu. Are you gonna Are you gonna do the Fu Manchu? Oh yeah. Oh, he's crazy, dude. Maybe I'll, that whole week I'll just do something different every day. <laughs> like the first day, I'll do some. Like I'll do like a full goatee and leave the mutton chops. Yeah, you do a mullet too. <laughs> that'll be like the that's the Maybe count. I'm not gonna cut my hair. So. That'll be that'll be the mullet. Paul. That'll be the Paul Tuttle senior look. Like I'll do maybe do uh. Well, I, I'll get to shave my chin so I'll, to do the Fu Manchu. So maybe I'll do the Wolverine look. Maybe you can just do like a, a bowl cut, like a Dumb and Dumber bowl cut with a mullet. Oh, he would look oh, good with that one. Dem- the the sequel prequel, the one that's bad with Bob Saget. Yep, that one. <laughs> Oh lordy! So yeah, this Yo. is what we've been doing. We don't want to overload people, but we've been l- watching and doing some really dumb stuff. Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody exactly. else is too. It's just funny. Yeah. Just I mean, it's funny in a well, you know, you know. Way, so I you know, guess, the crazy but... thing regarding that, I will say that because I run, you know, a lot. Like today, when I I went on a run today, yeah, and. You could not believe the amount of families that are out in the uh, like. We have a place called the River Park down here. It's not really a public park. I mean, it's not a state-owned park, so it's not closed. But 
Um, it's kind of cool, but there were God families everywhere. And I thought to myself, I was running through there that, you know, I've never seen this before in all the years that I've been running down by there. I've never seen that many families together. So I think the family dynamics is a positive. I guess there's another way to look at it too. If you got kids and you've been with them 24 hours a day, you might be ready to <laughs> hang some of them. It's like um, the, the, you betcha guy that I follow on YouTube, but that video I showed you, yeah. he's got one specific spot. On the outside of his house, he'll sit down. You can't see him out of any of the windows. That's Where hilarious. Dad goes when he goes for a walk. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I had a customer. We had a customer. I talked to him the other day, and he was like, yeah, everyone's talking about this is going to be the new baby boom because of everyone being home. So they're, you know, making babies. Quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah, that's right. 2033. The, the quarantine. The quarantines. But uh, the big this guy. This guy said, yeah, you say that, but also being home with your three adolescent kids today is the best form of birth control you could ever dream of. <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't have adolescent kids right now. Exactly. <laughs> they will in about 15 years. That's right. <laughs> now, the big thing is, are people going to come out of this quarantine or, no. you know, with that COVID-15? So we talked about this today, uh, Jason. You said you've actually probably maintained or lost some weight yep so courtney's cooking really good well yeah we're just i mean today we had a little bit of a tea day but other than that we've been trying to keep it healthy uh just trying to make it easier i can 100 percent assure you that me and bridger are not i'm fighting that covid oh, I'm, 15 right now i'm a disgusting human being <laughs> all that work we did all that it went for not bro it's I, bad i i I think it'll bounce back pretty quick. Yeah, we I, hope. I ain't too worried about it. Yeah, I mean it's gonna suck. Well, it's just bad like because that first you know two weeks is gonna be horrible. Well, you think about it: three months of work you destroyed in three weeks. Oh, <laughs> three weeks, three days. Yeah, no kidding. Well, what's even weirder? You watch online; they were showing pictures of like um, I think it was Italy, where they where they was it Spain or Italy, wherever they have the waterways that everybody you know that goes. Oh, Venice. Venice, Italy. In the water, they said you can see 20 feet down now. Yeah. Crystal. Clear. You can see fish swimming around. Yeah, and yeah. And then they showed, um, they were showing L.A., the skyline in L.A. Um, six weeks ago, like you couldn't see a building. It's like the cleanest yeah. thing I've ever been. Dude, it, for, it was weird. And then like two, three weeks ago, you could see half of the buildings. And then they were showing one, pic, I think the picture was taken yesterday, and it was crystal clear. Same thing with India and a bunch of other places that were highly polluted. Well, you, Jason, you're going to really cry when I tell you this. So I read an article that literally this is going to be the lowest amount of carb, uh, carbon dioxide emissions ever that it is going to actually seriously affect beer production in the next year because they, they require carbon dioxide I'm to ferment beer. No, seriously, it, it was an article written about that, that, that because the CO2. There's not enough carbon dioxide in the air. That's what they said. I have a really hard time believing that everybody in the big alcohol biz is like, hey, get your cars and drive. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Put in the air. We can make more beer. I don't, said, I don't know about that. Did shortage the, of CO2. Did the people that write this article also write an article about the earth being flat? They might have. I thought it was funny, though. Yeah. I, I immediately thought of Jason Tabansky and thought, this guy's going to cry. Me? Well, they don't make bush light with real carbon dioxide. I don't know what they make bush light out of. Sure. But it's uh, they, it's not good enough beer to have carbon dioxide. That stuff's dioxide exported in. straight from straight from heaven. 
Jesus made wide, God made bush light. So you know what? I will tell you this seriously. So when we eat dinner, you know, we'll eat dinner and together, and I'll drink car- the amount of carbon. Seriously, in a bush light is like there's none, so I don't get full like I do with a with a stout beer, or heavy beer. Maybe it's just because it's good and you can drink more. So I, I actually could hammer one during dinner and it never affect my. Hey, what's, my eat- what's in front of Bridger right now, though? He actually no. I don't have a beer. He, I drink a Michelob. Just fancy bush light. An ultra. It's healthy bush light. Healthy uh, bush light. No, they're exactly the same calories. Are they really? The same alcohol content. Yeah, 95. Wow. Uh, bush light, I think, is 96 calories. Yeah. Michelob is 95. I remember wow. back in the day. And, well, Point back in the day. One grams difference in carbs. Yeah. Not that I've checked. It's, it's, it's horrible that he knows this Ten years ago, I went on a, on a pretty strict diet, and it was right in the middle of softball league. We had intramural softball, which everybody knows as an adult, that's beer league. Yeah, and uh, I was on a beer restriction, so I I did some research and I found Bud Select fifty five, mm-hmm. fifty five yeah. calories, and it was the tastiest rehydrating water I've ever had in my life. It's <laughs> about what that stuff is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> was it even colored like beer? Uh, Food color? I mean, it looks like somebody watered down their beer with yeah, water. There you go. Yeah, it's like, it's like I, point. It's like 2.6% alcohol. You know, it's like my German friends would, would say, hey, you're coming to a party. Can you bring some Coors Light? Like, Why do you want Coors Light? You guys have German beer. They're like, we need to drink water in between beers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go. Good to go. But, hey, so, uh, you know, we were talking a minute ago about um, about sleeping and our sleeping habits being screwed up. So, Jason, you brought up, are you taking the aim size uh, slumber, whatever it's called? The Every day. That is, is, it, that is the is, one thing. The one thing that I haven't changed, and it's not—I'm not sponsored by Insights or anything, so it's not—it's not a uh, a mandatory advertisement. But I have been taking the the supplements uh, yeah. strictly every day, so I'll take all the the vitamins and the the focus and all that stuff throughout the day, and then at night, about 30 minutes before I I plan to go to bed, I'll take the the Aimsize Sleep. Does it get you tired? Does it, it make you it tired? Puts me to bed. I'm going to try that tonight. I've yeah. got some myself, and I haven't. Uh, I'm going to give that a shot. Because that's when my brain starts going haywire. I start looking at all the news and the Facebook and watching Fox. And yeah, get myself worked up, and I'm up all night. So I'm going to try that tonight. Yeah, and perfect. I think we're going to have the owner, Marty, on sometime this week. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk to uh, Marty, the COO. All right. Uh, he's the co founder of Ainsize. I was talking to him earlier. We're going to try and get him this week and talk to him and you know he's a he's an avid hunter yeah we'll do yeah it's good stuff i take all their supplements and i you know once again not sponsored by them we don't sell their product but in the archery community it's pretty popular and it's good stuff man i like it i can't wait to talk to him about some of the science behind it i think will be kind of cool to learn about um, because like working out right now is tough. All the gyms are closed. And yep. for those of you that know us, we love to work out as part of our routine in uh, in the archery world, in hunting world. And yeah, it blows, man. It sucks not being able to go to a gym. You know, a lot of people have home gyms. We just had a customer who owns Hill Country CrossFit brought over some weights for Bridger and I. And um, it's kind of, it's weird though, because I'd like to be in that environment where there's other people working out. I don't know what it is it's just for me it's a social function yeah and you're a peacock <laughs> what? got strut got strut and do it by yourself sucks i just kind of like to see people struggling and then i look at them as i'm 
pounding massive weight and be like, what's your excuse? No, seriously. <laughs> so Jason just likes going there because he makes other likes making other people feel bad. Exactly. Exactly. Because the dude in the wheelchair is pumping some, out, some weight. Out pump. Yeah, exactly. And you do that. Yeah. And they look at you. Well, I, you know what's funny? When you were on your hiatus from after surgery, I had a lot of people ask about you. You know, hey, where's the other guy at? You know, and they, they thought it was cool as heck that you were in there slamming and jamming. So people were noticing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm missing it. I'm missing it a lot. It's yeah, kinda, it's, it's kind of hard to uh, take pre-workout to go roll around the driveway. <laughs> it just doesn't burn exactly. off as, as as much as I'd like to. Right. But. No, that's for sure. But um, you know, kind of circle back around on the the training aspect of it. You know, we said it before, Bridger and I at least both. I think I've fired seven arrows in the last four weeks, um, and that was on a bow a customer had. He had a super focus, and I wanted to shoot it. Um, and that's it. And, you know, without a whole lot to look forward to right now, it is hard to get in that training mode. And I think, you know, Jason, you and I were talking this morning about it, that, you know, you can see online there are a lot of guys shooting a lot mm-hmm. right now. And that this is a, as an opportunity. And we had talked about how many guys are going to flip the script this fall, you know. Oh, we're yeah. going to see some people on the podium that maybe maybe not normally there. Yeah, um, I mean, there was. I, I follow a couple guys on social media, and they're they're posting up some some outdoor world archery scores up in the high seven hundreds. Yeah, uh, and they're just grinding. I'm like I said, I, I saw that comment on the world archery website when they said we miss shooting our bow, and somebody said, "Man, I I haven't shot my bow as much as I have recently. Like that's all we have to do." Right. Right. So, you know, well, you know, here I know here in Texas, at least for us, so believe it or not, during this whole virus scare thing, we have probably had, I bet you, five good days where it, A, it wasn't raining, B, it wasn't cold. Now, cold's relative. Bridger thinks we're a bunch of girls. A bunch He's, of sallies. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> Scott says cold, folks. It'll be 65 degrees and sunny with like a five mile an hour wind. Scott will be like, what? You've been outside lately. It's freezing. <laughs> I get cold. I'll tell you what, after Bridger climatizes well, this spring and summer. Always wait. This way. Winter comes around. He's going to be shivering. Exactly. I'll say, man, it's, it feels chilly, but uh, I know it's 65, so it's not yeah, bad. We'll it see. feels great. We'll see. He, he, he ain't it's been sweet, in that 105 dude, dude, dude. yet. Dude, but Iowa gets hot. Iowa gets hot. I know. It gets hot. Like you guys get over 100, 110. Yeah. And it's humid. It's really stupid human. human. Yeah, I remember that. You don't remember that, like, I went out and did that did timber project? And, uh, yeah. I did that last day in three inches of snow. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Bridger shows me a picture. Buddy has sent yesterday. Had a tape measure in the snow. Yesterday, How many inches? the day before, uh, I get, Southern Iowa got seven inches of snow. Seven in my inches buddy's of place. snow in April. That's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. But what's yeah. gonna be, what's going to be awesome is, come July, Bridger, I'm going to need you to go help me move feeders and, and fill them up in the middle of July. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be hot. It's it hot, hot in Iowa in yeah. July. Yeah. Like you guys act like it's not hot there. It gets, no, it gets hot. It gets hot. Yeah. Because what's it here hot. in July? Like here? 95 to uh, About here it'll be 95 to 105. To 105, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't hit 105 every day, but it'll be like our normal temp is probably 90 to 95 you in know, the summer. In all reality, Jason, he'll probably think it's not that hot because it'll be a dry heat. This is a very dry heat. It's not humid. Yeah. Um, I I, no, not it. compared up north. Hot's hot, dude. I, yeah. Everybody says dry heat, hot, wet heat, uh, humid, whatever. Hot's yeah. hot. I mean, like 
ultra humidity, like when it's like 95% humidity in it Iowa. Sucks. Yeah, you walk outside and you're sweating. You look like you jumped in a pool. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to drink water because you just take a big old breath. And... <laughs> oh, no. I... But, uh, yeah. like, dude, hot's hot. Man. Yeah. Well, Elvin's Elvin, a dry heat. That's still pretty freaking still hot. hot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. But down here, at least for these last four weeks, we have literally probably had five or six really nice days that you could go out and shoot. And Heck, I know. Golfing during it, and we should have went golfing. Days. But you Yesterday know what? Was nice. Today the was wind. Nice. Well, the mm-hmm. wind. Dude, it's been blowing hard. I still shot today, and it was perfect. Really? Yeah. Out here, out here, we would have been in a windstorm. We would have been aiming off into black. Yeah, but Scott, you you have fifty yards inside. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's Scott, true. Scott, hey, this I'm gonna true. force you to go golf tomorrow. It's gonna be. Is it gonna be here? I gotta go, Tom. Tomorrow it's gonna be 89 degrees with two mile an hour wind. Ooh, that'd be nice tomorrow. Mostly sunny. We're going to have to find a course. i got to call Tom and see if we, where we can go play. He's a buddy of ours. But anyways, it's been hard to practice for us at least. Um, and we've just something we probably shouldn't be doing, but it's just a reality. And then to jump back on that bandwagon of there's a billion videos out now. It's amazing how many armchair professionals have showed up. It's hilarious. Everybody's um, an expert now. Oh, my gosh, dude. That's what I'm, we're talking. That's what I think it got us on the subject of I just bypass all of it now. Just go past it. I mean, it's because it's all just, it's, it's unreal, unbelievable, the amount of you know stuff. What, what really gets me, though, is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it so if people are listening, read the comments because if somebody asks a question and somebody answers it, you don't need 50 answers that are identical to the first one. Exactly. It's, but no, well, nobody my, has anything else to do. My favorite, my favorite thing on those where it's somebody on a forum or whatever posting like a question, they'll be like, hey, I'm shooting – such and such poundage at such and such draw link, which uh, which spine eastern axis should I go with? And the first comment on them will be like, Man, you better buy a set of Black Eagle Rampages. <laughs> well, th- those aren't what I asked for. Yeah, you know what's funny you say that. <laughs> so we <laughs> actually. People just re- recommending yeah. something completely off the wall. Let's chase, let's chase this squirrel a little bit because our CFO, Philip Hall, asked me today. We're having a conversation on text, and he's like, Hey, you know. We need to start marketing U.S.-made products. Let's stay away from the China stuff. Well, if that's the case, then we're all full line. Going to be a we're going to explode our Easton inventory. That's the only that's one it. you can. That's it. They're it. And even all of theirs aren't made here. Really? I, I mean, they have a. All of them are labeled here, and then they have a decent majority of them are done here in the U.S. But in their Utah facility, but some of them are made, I don't know if they're made in China or if they're made Korea. in Korea. China, Korea, or Mexico, I don't remember. Right. Yeah, it'd be hard to do. I mean, to well, look at be, the entire uh, industry. Be Bangladesh, I'd have to ask Steve about it. Because I know, I'm not going to name any names right now, manufacturer-wise, but there's only a handful of U.S. manufacturers that actually use U.S. steel, 100% U.S. manufacturing and market and sell to the U.S. That's well, it. There's a I handful. I can tell you if it's carbon uh, oh, carbon, there's no way. It's coming from overseas. <laughs> yeah, we're just not good at it here. That's yeah, true. But I, I was going through and I was naming the companies to him, like the sites. There's two companies that I know of that are 100% made in the United States with U.S. material. Um, REST, there are one or two REST companies that I know of. Um, stabilizers is impossible. You have to just quit selling stabilizers if you're going to sell U.S. made product. Um and then arrows, there's yeah. Easton, I think, is the most American-made mm-hmm. of all the arrow companies right now. And then uh, 
releases are pretty much here in the states. So most uh, all most, your releases are made most here. Most of them are small manufacturing. Correct. So it's yeah. not. But not yeah, there's some products crazy. though. Like, I hate to tell you, True Glow, Apex, and want to name some of them because I just don't care. They're yeah. True Glow, Apex, they're all made Trophy China. Ridge, uh, HJJ, uh, golly, a whole bunch whole of them are made overseas. Them. Yeah, overseas parts. They're manufactured. They're assembled here in the states, but bought with overseas manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a weird one though. So that's that's going to be another change in the industry. The potential that could come down the pipe. Who knows? Because this whole buy American thing, I think, is going to gain some serious steam, which will be good for our economy, good for the United States, for sure. So, I guess I'm going to go cut some trees down. <laughs> Start making wood. Some arrows. <laughs> Do it the old school way and say okay. using a lathe, you just like slowly strip you know, one little tiny sliver off with yep. a knife all the way around a stick until you get it even. Until you get it perfect. Yeah, and so I will say this, and Bridger, I know you've – so we've had some of the customers that have been coming in on their pickups and stuff are I think more than ever we are dealing with the guys. You can tell that people are bored. They are all over the internet. Oh, my gosh. I bet I've said it more. Because Bridger says it all the time, you know, quit watching the internet. Oh <laughs> uh, well, and I know he'll be, and I know who you're talking about. Well, no, there's he'll more than just okay. him. I know he'll be okay. One of our customers, Lee. Yeah. Yeah, I told him he left last time. I'm like, all right, it's shooting good. You, are you hitting where you're aiming? You're aiming where you want to. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, don't touch it. Yeah. Don't have to move it. Yeah. Don't. I mean, shoot your bow as much as and you can. Turn off YouTube. But <laughs> stay off the internet and just shoot your damn bow. Quit. Quit. Turning oh, yeah. crap like <laughs> I have had it. it was pretty funny. I have had the bear shaft question more in the last two weeks than I've had in four years being open. Not for real. It's it's just unbelievable. And it's all coming off the internet. These people that you know, I, I and don't even get me started, I don't want to even talk about bear shafting. Um, but it's hilarious. I mean, the amount of people that are, you know, they're bored, I get it, they're researching information to to give themselves the best advantage, the best setup that they can. I get it. Um, but man, you've got to be able to sift through the BS. Well, I just have a, if you're going to follow Go internet advice or YouTube advice, follow relevant guys that are archers, archers, that... shooting the bow for a living. Yeah. Somebody yeah. that's shooting a bow for a living. You know, there's, there are uh-huh. so many deer hunting guys and I'm sorry, deer hunters aren't archers. Um, they, they're not shooting their bow day in and day out. Yeah. And I'm not even going to name the celebrity names that are out there. Um, if they aren't shooting a bow to make a living, I'm. you really don't need to be listening to them. That's my opinion. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and I hate to say this, but let's say a guy who's killed, you know, 30 elk in his lifetime. You know, he's got a target 18 inches long by 20, I mean, 18 inches tall by 20 inches wide to miss in and Bridger yeah. you're shooting for $50,000 you've got a, a a 12 ring the size of a 50 cent piece yeah there's a well, big difference in that folks well and I think what Scott's going for here is in, not necessarily don't listen to them don't heed their advice but when it comes to technical yeah the technical just filter it out so I mean and not that all hunters are no, uneducated. Yeah, and I should a lot of guys that. that know a lot about tuning and I stuff. Agree, can, yeah. You know, doing broadheads and all that. But <clears throat> I don't know, like target, 
wise the way you work with technology it's just so different in that like it's there's just so much more focus on it. Yeah, but don't you think there's a lot of guys taking that target technology and putting it into their hunting equipment now? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's been, happening. We've been doing that for a long time, but right. that's it's starting to become more mainstream. Correct. But I think that's why you see guys that are uh, like that excel in the target side of stuff. Like you got Levi, you got Dan, Danny Evans. Yep. There's a lot of guys that excel on the hunting side on both too, sides, because right. they, because they drag everything over. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's when but, you drag everything from the other side into the target side that it gets a little complicated. Oh, it's or not you're even not, that. You're not watching all of us on the target side use screwing points and drop away rests and right. uh, all this other stuff that's mainstream in the hunting, in the side, hunting side, but not right. the target side. Right. So, and I mean, and like it's not a bad thing. Obviously, we have drop away well, rests and hunting for reasons. We have shorter stabilizers and lighter bows and all this for reasons that don't apply to target, but there's a lot of stuff that applies in target that you can shift over right. and have it benefit you on the hunting side even more. Yeah, exactly. No, there's a hundred percent. And it's just like, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's a guy's got a, I think it's a two hour and 15 minute video on how to make his hunting arrows. And I watched like 20 minutes of it and about died. Um, and then, you know, and I've had a couple of customers ask me about it cause it's getting some, a lot of airplay and it's just overkill times a thousand. I'll go down Bridger's road of, we're shooting a carbon stick yeah, out, I, of, out of a string. I refer him to Leading Edge Archery Podcast episode two. Episode two, I agree. Man, yeah. I, and that was about in the, in the weeds as you want to get, honestly. I don't know. And I don't even buy into, like Scott said, like it, the, you're shooting a carbon stick at a fuzzy deer. Like, well, and I mean, the deer don't have very, dots on it. Very, very few times, like, are you going to, you would have to, if you're shooting whitetail, we'll just say whitetail, you would have to build an arrow that will not go through that deer if you shoot it in the right spot. Mm -hmm. You have to purposely build a arrow that won't go through it. <laughs> like, and then, I mean, yes, I get it, overkill. No such, thing, no such thing as too much. <laughs> Over, you can't you know, kill a deer too dead. <laughs> right, but man alive, I just don't want, for me, I just don't want the stress of trying to tune my bow yeah. and all that stuff when I can, like with different spine arrows, you know, more weight in the front, with different veins, four flesh, so broader tune and all this crap. I'm like, man, I could just take a 300 spine, put a three fletch, three inch vein on it and have it weigh 450 grains and just kill whatever the hell I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny he says that because now I would, I'm going to be honest. I was the guy uh, before I opened the shop that literally I even got as OCD, I would spin test my arrows in a bathtub to find high spines. I was that guy. I mean, I'm talking doing that build that took a dozen arrows, took me three hours to build. Mm -hmm. And I think through the urgency of the shop and the time that you have, <laughs> I, I actually will take customers broken arrows that they break in the, in the range. And cause I'm a short draw guy on my arrows, like 25 inches freaking long. So if a guy has got a 300 spine arrow and he's broke the front two inches of it, cause he hit the wall. I'll, I save those arrows all year. Take a hack them off. And be and I hack them off, and then I go make them. And I don't weigh them. I don't even I, – I can guarantee you they're – they're Big arrows at 20 yards don't matter. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but like – I do it all the time. But, you know, all these steps that we go through with Target stuff. Like So, like, I built those Pro Tours. I took it, mm -hmm. I took and weighed them all ahead of time, made sure, pulled them together. Mm -hmm. I only had, like, three of them that were a little off, and there were only a couple of grains. But took them, weighed them full length. Cut them, weighed them again, fletched them, weighed them, glued the points in, put the points in, spun them, spun test them, twisted the point to get the balance and right everything. Right, right. And that's out of my target bow. And 
like I know how well my target bow can shoot. Like right. I know the limitations of the technology that it has. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody's a hunting bow. Yes, they can be very accurate, but with the size they are, with the equipment that you're using on it, um, as far as like stabilizers and stuff, stabilizer and rest and all that stuff goes. Like, man, you can spend three hours building arrows, but. I don't know if the bow shoots good enough for you to know whether you did or not. No, didn't. I can tell you right now, the average guy that walks in that door well, can't shoot Well, the average shoot guy, good. but I'm talking like even... Even if you're higher, like better than Myself average. or you yeah. or Jason or anybody. Like, man, I just know that it's a hunting bow. Like, yeah. I know it's not going to shoot as good as my target bow, so I just don't want the stress of trying, yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to do it. Trust my equipment. My stuff yeah, just trust your equipment. Trust That's my a good equipment. one. I trust my equipment. I sight it in. If it's hidden where I need it to hit, my, my hunting bow is done. So, yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, just the the physical limitations of the equipment, it it's not going to matter, is what I'm saying. Right. Like yeah. if you go through and spin test all your arrows and spine check them, and then you know, and then you know, find the spine index of them so you can fletch them with the whatever at the top of the arrow, and yeah. like just right. <laughs> no, I I took it a step just like you when you were building your pro tours. I I bounce checked all mine. Making sure that the points weren't yep. rattling and pulled them yep. out, re-glued them, and did all that. And, yeah. But I was bored. I didn't have anything to do. Well, that and that's what you're saying right now. We're seeing a lot of that now. People are so bored sitting at home. They're getting a chance to go in and build a hunting arrow to target specifications, and that's what we're dealing. We are dealing with that a lot through questions and phone calls, and when they come yeah. in to to talk to well, us about it, it's and I'm not I don't fault it, but it's just I don't think it's you a know, bad thing, but I don't think you need to be stressing about exactly. it. Exactly. That's the like, thing. guys are like, Man, I, my 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 stuff will never shoot unless I yeah. unless I float my arrows in a bathtub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, what we're seeing. Well, I had a guy come in and uh, he had seven arrows that he claims were horrible because when you spun them, they did wobble a little bit. The 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 tips weren't perfectly straight. But I took his bow at twenty eight and a half inch draw length and went and shot it and I think I almost broke three of his arrows. I was like, bro, even I can't aim that good. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that, that anomaly is just not going to be that big of an issue. And, uh, but it's tough. I mean, like once again, because, and that, that is all that interest stuff. Those guys, man, they're just living on it right now. Mm -hmm. God, they're looking at everything on there and that's a good and bad thing. I think good and bad. So good information, filter it, filter it. That's, that's well, we, like, like, like this one guy, Lee, he came in and he says, Hey, I want a bear shaft tune. And I said, okay. Cause I mean, he's that kind of guy. Um, he's brand new to archery. I mean, he hasn't been shooting more than, I think it started when COVID started, right? Yeah. When, he well, started right, the, right before, a little bit before that. Yeah. yeah because I COVID. Sent that one boat So he'd been shooting him. five weeks and he comes and wants the bear shaft tune. I knew he had been on the internet. I agreed. <laughs> Richard came in and gave him, gave him a, <laughs> a, a really quick education on it. And then I kind of told him, I said, so who told you this? You know, you need to ask yourself who and why. And it was just a couple of guys at their their lease at their ranch. And I'm like, so Lee, what? Okay, so they read the internet. They think it's the greatest thing ever. But I'm going to tell you, if Bridger Deaton tells you this to go do it, then I would give it some credence because he shoots for a living. Those other guys at the lease, they got regular jobs, man. They kill animals once a year. And I, you know, and. Uh, it was just it was it was crazy, but he was adamant about it until we kind of gave him the reasons why. So I always tell people, like you said, Jason, if you know who's your who's your your who, who's who's telling you your source. Yeah. What 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 do they have? Their expertise and their background, and and find out. And you got to filter it, and find out if it makes sense, you know, because if not, you can drive yourself crazy. My yeah. God, to the point that I don't I don't look at it anymore. Man, and get get your information from more than one more than yeah. one person too. Yeah. 
find differentiating. I mean, it's just like anything else. You research, you should find, don't read one article and that's law. consider it gospel. Yeah. Like, I mean, just the way you would learn with anything, like go around, find different people, find different experts, see what they have to say about certain subjects and, you know, their opinions and what they do in situations and everything and kind of form your own opinion about it. Just yeah. like m- most adults do about anything out there, especially anything you're trying to learn about to participate in. Yep. You know, one of the things, one of the things we can, excuse me, um, we can talk a little bit about Jason, how much time, where are we at right now? minutes so i don't know we can probably spend close out the last maybe 20 30 minutes we had talked about doing this before um and i think we can cover it in this time frame because it's not an entire show um but i think it'll be good information you know we were kind of struggling do we talk about tech tips and you know and that's what brought us on this whole internet thing so let's talk let's take some time um and talk about strings real quick um not a whole show's worth but um you know one of the things that that um, when it comes to, to strings on your bow, I kind of look at it as the it's the roof on your house. I always got a kick out. I used to do commercial roofing and even residential when I was a kid, and I always got a kick out of the fact that no one ever replaced their roof until they had a uh, a hailstorm or something or something shingles rip, being ripped off, mm-hmm. and they should replace a whole lot earlier because the roof is a foundation of your your home. It protects everything else, and all these people will spend tens of thousands of dollars on um, the uh, we'll do it fast. Tens of thousand dollars on their interior, and not worry about their roof. And I think the strings are kind of like that with the bow. Absolutely. It's I think probably second to the arrows. I think the most important part of it. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's like like you said, not just the homes. It it goes in in so many different ways. Me being a musician, first thing I did when I bought a guitar, change the strings. First thing yeah. I did when I bought a drum set was I would change the, the drum heads on it. Yeah, you know, you wanna you wanna get rid of those manufacturer uh, things and get something a little bit better. Well, I don't think we need to sit here and tell everybody that manufacturer strings are really bad. No, because let's be good. honest, most strings are most strings are fine, especially for most guys doing. How I want, I want the thirty grand using zebra strings. So right. everybody talk talk some trash on zebra strings. Get yeah, because they're fine. Yeah, they're not the greatest out there, but they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I think that. Most, you know, gosh, it's a tough one. The manufacturers make great bows. They make decent strings. There are companies that make better strings. Yes. It's like, I mean, they're tires on your car. You buy buy a brand new car, you can put 50,000 miles on those tires, Mm -hmm. but they're just normal, everyday street tires. Right, right. If you bought a jacked-up diesel, you probably want to put something a little bigger, meatier on there so you can go wherever you want to go, but... um, to get you from point A to point B, shoot a little bit, get used to the bow, that sort of thing. Like shoot the factory strings out. Like yeah, and you'll shoot figure them out pretty quick. Bow, figure out what the bow wants, what it needs, yeah. what it likes, and then then go change it out. Right. But I know from a custom string standpoint, we make them here in house. Bridger and I make them. Um, we got three guys actually that make strings, and one of the things that uh, you know I have done them for years. You know, because what you do when you're a kid in an archery shop, you kind of go from making arrows to making strings because it's mm-hmm. usually the two things that owners hate doing. <laughs> and, you know, and plus you learn little t- tips of the trade, tricks of the trade, uh, the trade craft of what certain bows want with strings and cables, you know, and, and we, uh, of course, are up to speed on that stuff. I mean, there's sometimes we may build a 30-strand cable 
you know, to get more holding weight, to get, you know, uh, more out of the bow that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe sometimes I used to build freaking uh, 18, 20 strand strings because I'm short draw to try to speed my string up a little bit. And so, you know, those are all some of the, tr- and that's one of the things that I will say that and I'm not, not knocking and I'm not here to bash any of the custom string manufacturers, but, you know, they really are building factory re whatever you want to call it. They're building factory strings. Um, they're basically reproducing a factory string with their own technique, if you want to call it. Yeah. Mass production. It is. Yeah, but that technique is that technique is the biggest part in the string building process because Correct. every string is made out of four fifty two X. Every string uses halo serving. Every string uses power grip for their center serving. Every grip serves their end loops. Like you can say all these strings do all these things and have ones that are absolutely horrible right. that do all those things and have ones that are phenomenal that do all those and, things. And you, so the technique is a hundred percent of the process. Right. So the per you're talking about like the individual that's doing it. Yeah. That, I mean that part of that, it. The end of like the the act of, you know, wrapping your or doing your regular wrap before right. you twist it and before you serve your end loops. Right. You know, how you twist it, how much tension you serve it under, how long you stretch it at. All that stuff plays into account when it comes to string life. Mm-hmm. Not only like life, how long it takes for it to fray out and everything. If you stretch it at a crazy high poundage really fast, um, it's going to fray faster. Right. If you run lower, slower, and increase over time, it's going to twist more. It's going to, well, no, it's not going to fray out as quick. Right. If you serve, if the serving is coming off of your jig too tight, and the string is under too much tension when you serve it, that peep is going to spin like absolute crazy. Right. Um, so I, technique is a hundred percent of it. Yeah. And I think that's why like string manufacturers, bow manufacturers, their strings are usually fine or just okay. Middle of the road. You know, yeah, yeah, they're very middle of the road because they're either, they have a lot of people doing it in a way that is hard to mess up, which also means that it's not, it's effective and efficient, but it's not perfect. Right. Or they have some sort of machine process going along with it. Right. Which yes, should be more consistent, but yeah. Well, you know, I've always been that. So I used to do this when I was a kid. My actually, my old archery mentor taught me how to do it. Cause I know one of the things that we do here, I know you don't do it as much Bridger, but we'll, we actually custom cut your, um, your servings, the servings to your draw length. And I always encourage customers, if you're going to resell this bow, keep your old string because you got a 29 inch draw or say hypothetically like me, I got a 26 and a half inch draw, well, actually 26, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of extra serving on my string and cables that I do not need. I'm not using it and understand the factories when they come out, they're doing it to cover from 25 to 31 inches or 30 yeah. inches, whatever it is. Yeah. And we'll cut, we actually will cut our servings to your draw length, which I think is giving you a hell of a lot better string. Um, you know, we don't, I'm not a big fan of speed buttons to talk about that real quick. I think speed buttons will decrease the life of your string. They're increasing your whipping action, which will give you more speed for sure. But I think it's deteriorating string twice as fast because you are creating a lot of inertia on those fibers, which over time, and I mean, most target guys don't use them unless they're at the factory. Mm -hmm. We just make new strings. And, and the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is, you know, colors. Um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, you look at, I know Bridger, you use natural. I use natural for the most part from a color dye standpoint. Um, I, I'll i go to color if I want to make a bow look cool. Um, and I've done it before, obviously. But, you know, you were showing me the other day that Bridger and I were looking at it. People don't realize that colors will actually stretch at different rates. 
Oh. And we were looking at a quarter pound spool. Not, not only do they stretch at different rates, but they're literally a different size, different size. because of how much this, the the material this, Jason, this uh, was crazy. swells up. Yeah. So I had a I had a quarter pound spool of 452x in black, and then I had a quarter pound spool of 452x in like pink, flow green, or it was flow green. green or something, one of a fluorescent color. And I don't know if you want to measure by am by diameter if the the quarter ounce or quarter pound. Black. spool of black was two inches wide like from edge to edge around on that spool i bet that fluorescent colored one was two and a half. Oh, at least it was it was you could look visibly at it like, bigger you could look at it and be like holy f that thing is gigantic yeah, yeah. so think about that like if you wanted like a black and pink string or a, a you know a white and orange or something like that to where you have two vastly different colors one that holds a lot of dye and one that doesn't hold any now all of a sudden you have half your fibers are, or half of your fiber is taken up, you know, sixty or seventy percent of the volume of the string. Right. Yeah. So and, and they like stretch a, it and they stretch it different yeah, rates. Yeah. So just like a, a, a like a washcloth with, you know, that's soaked up with water, you know, that dye has to pull so much more in. It's like having more water in that right. in that wash rag. So when you wring it out or you know you twist it and stretch it. You're wringing all that color and dye out, so it's going to stretch a heck of a lot faster. Yeah, it's crazy, and people don't realize that, and that's why I always get a kick out of these main, these string guys that make, you know, tricolor. Some of them even use four or five different colors, and I just think that is just, you know, it looks cool, but it functionality is going to be an issue. Now, on the on the hunting side, like again, yeah, hunting bow, yeah, right. No, what talking. your equipment's capable of, but like on the target side, I there's a reason a lot of us always run a single color. Mm -hmm. We'll even run like single color flow green colors yeah, or, or whatever. Cause once they stretch they stretch and they're fine, but, right. um, but you're getting commonality on your stretch rate across exactly. the entire string and cable. And that's, right. that's more Correct. what it's about. Cause I'll even do like some guys will do different size string versus their cables. Right. Like for my target stuff, I run straight 28 for everything. You run 28, even on your I, string, even on a string, I run 28 really? for everything. Yeah. Because then it all stretches at the same rate. Correct. Yeah. Well, I'm the opposite. I'll run 30 and 24, a 30 and 22, sometimes 30 and 20. I'm trying to get a faster string. And it's it's a little bit different for everybody because remember when I was going through all those shoulder issues, Bridger actually hooked me up and built uh, a set of strings. He built natural cables. And yep. he did them a little bit longer. I think mm -hmm. he did them 24. Uh, 24 strand because yeah, you're shooting all Yeah. 24 strand. Yeah. And then we did that that flow green uh mainstring and we did that one i think it was like 22 or 24 uh yeah, i think i did and we were, I did 24 not but yeah we were able to get that bow on the money where we needed to be well and that's the thing i think a lot of people um once again that's why i think sometimes it's awesome to get to a find a place that it can work with you to find out what you're trying to get out of your bow because we can do a lot of things with the strings and cables to get you what you need, essentially. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be factory spec on length on cables and length on strings. Well, I mean, that's one thing we do a lot is we'll, we'll shorten a cable for a customer. Okay. You know, if somebody has a 70-pound bow that they don't offer in, 80. you know, say 75 or 80 pounds, and we, we do quite a few in the 80, 75, 80-pound oh, yeah. range bow-wise just because we have a lot of Western hunters. But, like, you can take your cables – cut a quarter inch or cut, excuse me, cut like an eighth inch off them. And that'll give you a three to five pounds yep. and draw weight safe. And it's safe. You know? It's not an issue. Yeah, you're just pressing the, pressing the limbs a little bit, preloading a little yep. more. And it changes your draw length some, but we'll accompany that by messing with either the modules or the string length a little right. bit if we need to. Yeah. 
Exactly. And then, as you know, there's a whole other dynamic. I know Bridger and I, I think both agree on this is that we have a, a, a guy here. He's a rep. I'm not going to name names, but, you know, he always jumps on us because we don't serve our end loops with like Halo. Um, Who cares? It never exactly. Moves. <laughs> I can't never get move. a thick skull. If, there, if your cables are moving, if your your string loops are moving, you should well, check. You should check some other stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's only like I think Winner's Choice and there's only two companies that Winter, actually do it now. Winner's Choice, America's Best, and Rogue. And Rogue. So they all there's three. A, there's a handful of them that do them. I think 60x yeah. might. But but most of us we use the our, our the actual string material okay. to serve. Yeah, they're tag ends. They're tag end loops and. They're perfectly fine, and it's just a non. You just don't need it. It adds time to your string build, number one. Um, so I've talked to a couple of guys about it, and mm-hmm. uh, golly, who was it? I think it was might have been Christy Collins' husband, Terry. He said he serves his because he can serve an end loop faster than he can build an then he can build a tag end. There's no way. Mm-hmm. That's what I he can't said. possibly do it because you got a. That's a completely different layup. To do that, you got to have the wide layup. The, you know just I mean? the way he was taught, he can yeah, do it faster. So, uh, but I, it does look cleaner. Some cases, like if you have, you know, say, like if you're doing uh, natural or white or mm-hmm. a flow color, like we have gloves. I'll wear rubber gloves when I do the tag ends because otherwise, all the oil on your skin gets, gets on black there and, and it turns grimy. Gross. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't but know. yeah, that's I, a tough one though. But I, what's I, that, Jay? I shoot. I shoot up my strength faster than. <laughs> the normal guys, so I, I think I go through two sets of strings a year. Yeah. You shoot, yeah, insane exactly. So why right. bother serving the the M loops if I'm just going to swap them out in six months? Exactly. It's it's just not needed. Most manufacturers don't do it. Even on their factory strings, they don't do it. Hell, some of them aren't even they're not even tag end serving sometimes. Matthews isn't. Matthews uh, doesn't. PSE. Well, their in house strings aren't. Right. Their their pro series stuff by AVB is, but right. So anyways, you know, look at your strings. I mean, strings are a very important piece of equipment for your bow. Um, something is overlooked a lot. I will, my opinion, um, if you shoot a lot of archery every every 12 to 18 months, um, if you don't shoot a lot of archery at least every, what would you say, Bridge, two to three for, years? For hunter, mo- your generic hunter, I tell them. Tell them all two to four years. Two to four years, yeah. And and that, that can depend on how you store your bow. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, some of the guys, they do the worst thing ever. They put their bow in the garage, and then summer hits, and it's 120 degrees in the garage, and that just destroys they them. Leave it sitting in their truck Leave it sitting in their truck all summer. Thousand right? of in there, <laughs> exactly. Throw it in, a, throw it in a, oh. just a barn. Worst thing you can do to your strings, keep your bow in a temperate environment. Keep it in the house unless you're shooting it. Um, and, and don't wax your strings. Don't, and just wax about to touch up on that. I don't. I don't even care if it's on on a unpopular opinion. I will only wax when bow. I get when I get the fraying. I'll wax. If I don't even do that. Fuzzes. Because then you're you're that's okay. All that stuff that caused that to happen, all it's, the debris and stuff. Yeah, uh, you just took that and ground it into the string even more. <laughs> and then you put glue on top of it, so more of that crap sticks to it. Yeah, it's a bad move, folks. Don't do it. Yeah, you can get no string cleaner. Forty on it. Yeah, no, yeah. Def- definitely, definitely don't do that. You do string cleaner. String cleaner is okay because it's not adding anything to your string. Right. Um, but that is a bis- but, big misconception. Man, I just, wax. The only time we'll do it is when, uh, like, if somebody's selling a bow. I mean, it makes your strings look better. If you do wax them, to, golly, don't put any more. Don't put more. Don't put it on the, the serving. And if you can tell that there's wax on the strings, you have way too, way too much. Way oh, too yeah, much. exactly. And I get, we get some of them in here, we touch them, and they just get their yeah, stuff all over your like fingers. Sticky, yeah. yeah. Way too much string. So that is a big misconception is keep the wax. Oh, and 
they think it's going to make the string last longer. They think they can get five to seven years out of it, and then they don't realize. I when I put it's, them in the press, the string is yeah, oh, it's falls they're limp. just total. Yeah, they look. They're sure, They look fantastic. No, not a fray on them. Right. Allegedly, and then you put them in the press, and they and just the string like, is limp. There's like zero twist in them. And exactly. <laughs> you can Those tell like four inches too yeah. long because they're so stretched out. Right. Those are guys that come back and they're like, man, I was sitting there at full draw, and all of a sudden it just popped, it just exploded. Yeah. When yeah. you're when yeah. you're your when your strengths, like, yeah, when they look like your dad's old tube socks. That's yeah. <laughs> but uh, don't you put it through the washer? Doesn't mean they're good, <laughs> right? But yeah, so you know, going back to this real quick, you know, once again, from a target perspective, try to stay single color. Um, we like natural because there's no dye in it. It's going to be, I think, the most consistent string out there. Um, talk to your your service shop or your string maker about you know maximizing the efficiency of your bow. If you want more holding weight, we can do, you know, they can do that. Hopefully they'll know. Um, mm -hmm. But get a true set of custom strings. Just don't have them reproduce the factory strings because that's not custom, folks. I mean, it's really not. And, um, you know, let them get the well, manufacturer string companies to work with you to build the best string yeah, for your application. I'll, well, like Scott said, I'll go to bat for a lot of those guys because I used, I mean, I've built my strings forever, but I've shot multiple people's. Mm -hmm. and, uh, like I, I like the rogue strings if we're going from a manufacturer style string right, right. and man, those guys are awesome to work with. Like Scott said, you can call them, order them and they'll help work with you. If you want to do something specific as far as, uh, Up your poundage pound, you know, poundage your length, you know, custom lengths, custom serving, custom, uh, serving size. If you wanted the different size center serving for yep. whatever knock you're using, um, they'll work with you and 99% of those companies will, right. If not with you, if they're, uh, uh, you know, like a dealer only, like a Vapor Trail or Winner's Choice or something. Right. Your shop can talk to them right. and, you know, do the same thing. So Gotcha. And then also the, you know, so are most of them, you can even specify what material you want. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of them use 3D for, like, 3D um, for their, like, string and loop. For their string cable serving. loops. String, cable, string and cable, yeah. And, the you know, serving and, and, and serving. Well, we're going to tell you, use Halo. It's a better material. You're not going to get the serving separation yeah. that you get. I like Halo. If you want to spend like 55 bucks for a spool, get some Majesty mm -hmm. made by Angel. That stuff's incredible. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So anyways. I'm glad that? you said that, Bridger. So we built yours out of Jay. How did your, cable, how did your uh, uh, cable and servings look? The ones that we have right now? Yeah. yeah. You served those with, uh, with natural serving. Oh, I did? I thought I did Majesty on those. Mm -mm, those are all natural. Oh, but gotcha. I mean, they're, they're well, even still, those are Halo. What are Halo, they, they gotcha. It just gotcha. makes me think of that song, Halo. <laughs> but no, they're, they're awesome. There's one thing that I really like to do, and, and I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to avoid this is uh, center serving your, your, and not center serving, but serving your, uh, your cables. Where, oh, yeah. Where depending, on your guide. depending on what cable slide you have, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, depending on what bow, too, sometimes. Well, I can tell you the elites eat them up. That only one tears it up a little bit. Yeah. She, she chews her own. She'll she'll chew them up big time. So, I, man, I even with all every all through the years I shot Matthews, I always used the Hoyt, so Hoyt uh, cable slide. Hoyt cable slide. Hoyt makes the best factory cable slide out there. Right, hands down, no questions asked. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so, I'm a big fan of that Saunders. And I like and I like the AE super slides. AE super slides pretty decent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, pay attention to your strings. It's something that's really overlooked. Uh, work with your string 
maker to make sure you're maximizing the performance of your bow. Um, stay away from tricolor, quad colors. I mean, two's fine. Hunting bows, it makes them look cool, makes them pop. Um, but if you're shooting competitive archery, just stay single color. It'll help you a lot. And um, and make sure they're using their materials. I, Bridger just said it. We use BCYX. We went to the X99. We've tried everything. And, man, you just go back to 452X. The stuff is just it's solid. Good. It's too good. Um, I love the way the I used X the other day on a guy's bow. It just doesn't lay up as good. Um, it, but it comes out like metal. Dude, the stuff is like solid when it's you get done splatter stretching. because it's yeah. so much thinner yeah, than like a four, exactly. that 452 stays round. Yep. So your end loops look a little nicer. Yeah, string um, looks better. I, I think it does because it makes a rounder shape. But those like the X99 is stupid light. Oh yeah. Stupid yeah, light. It's supposed to be like a really on, fast string. On a like for our hunting strings that we build that build with that stuff, we still do twenty eight strands with that and it's the same a 28 strand string is the same as a 24 strand diameter, uh, 452. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's they, tiny. Yeah. So those are come with some of the crazy things you can do with it. So, um, don't overlook them. Once again, um, get your strings changed. It'll wake your bow up. I always tell people if you drive a car and it's got bad tires and you put new tires on it, you can be like, Oh, this car doesn't drive that bad. The strings will do that for your bow. Um, poundage, draw cycle, everything um and it's it's way overlooked out there in this industry in my opinion so so that's your tech tip for the week <laughs> boom jason i know we got a rock and roll right well yeah, you we'll do be, we'll be hey, back dinner? with another show this week yeah so we're going to talk to marty i think next from aim size we're going to talk about nutrition and archery and and how his products can help you once again not sponsored by him we just believe in him um stuff stuff's good stuff for the archer just for darn sure and it's 100 percent clean so yeah as a matter of fact everything yeah everything's been approved by usada correct uh yeah i believe it's usada approved i mean everybody that that uses it is is on the on the pro circuit i mean yeah paul tedford one of the co-founders is a pro shooter so they're not gotcha. going to put something in their bodies that's going to cause them to get banned or right uh, pop hot the next thing we're going to do is I'm going to give uh, I'm going to call a couple manufacturers they had offered in Vegas to talk with this. I I really want to get a manufacturer on the horn this week and to talk about their perspective on this you know virus and how it's affecting their business and what they think the business world is going to look like moving forward at least in the archery world. I think it'll be great to get some insight from them um, to see you know where they think this is heading. So it's like Jason said it's going to be a we're going to do things differently probably, and I hope that we can get back to business as usual in the archery community. It sucks because I tell you, this sport was on a roll for the last four years. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm talking Target, kids, you know, on TV. Uh, it just, and I can say from a shot perspective, we were just killing it. And to have it all come crashing to a halt within a four-week period is pretty, tr pretty, it's pretty mind-boggling. I, I will tell you that. And I hope we can just come out of it, you know, maybe better than we were before um, and get that that mojo back and, and get this thing going back in the right direction. Yeah, I think we will. Yeah, I hope so. So other than that, folks, thanks for listening. We hope you uh, will enjoy this one. It's a little, little different. We'll be back on track and try to get our butts in gear and quit being bums. Bums. <laughs> Total bums. <laughs> so other than that, Jace, thank you, my friend. Yep. Y'all we'll stay time. safe. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Went to the grocery store after the stampede. People fight for toilet paper like the U.S.
I meant that in like a metaphorical sense, not a literal sense, because if we came together, that would be the antithesis of what quarantine means. But good thing we have FaceTime because we can hang out and make dumb songs like this. And shout out to all the healthcare workers out there. And, and Tim, I really like that chorus. Let's hit that one more time. Quarantine, quarantine, drinking whiskey like vaccine. Waving at the neighbors, social distancing. Quarantine, quarantine, where 